August 5th, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. We'll go through chapter 2 and verse 5. I, Paul, know very well how foolish the message of the cross sounds to those who are on the road to destruction. But we who are being saved recognize this message as the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy human wisdom and discard their most brilliant ideas. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made them all look foolish and has shown their wisdom to be useless nonsense. Since God in His wisdom saw to it that the world would never find Him through human wisdom, He has used our foolish preaching to save all who believe. God's way seems foolish to the Jews because they want a sign from heaven to prove it is true. And it is foolish to the Greeks because they believe only what agrees with their own wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the mighty power of God and the wonderful wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is far wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is far stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, the few of you who were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And He chose those who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important, so that no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God alone made it possible for you to be in Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made Christ to be wisdom itself. He is the one who made us acceptable to God. He made us pure and holy, and He gave Himself to purchase our freedom. As the Scriptures say, the person who wishes to boast should boast only of what the Lord has done. Dear brothers and sisters, when I first came to you, I didn't use lofty words and brilliant ideas to tell you God's message. For I decided to concentrate only on Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. I did not use wise and persuasive speeches, but the Holy Spirit was powerful among you. I did this so that you might trust the power of God rather than human wisdom. Good morning, Refuge Radio. My name is Brian Shear. I'm in Phase 2 here at the Refuge. I spent seven years or so mentoring children, first as a mentor at our local children's orphanage, as an, and then as an associate pastor and youth pastor. My past experience and present observations have brought me to share one of my favorite stories from the Bible. The scripture comes from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. The passage starts with an example of the disciples' eagerness and willingness to learn because they are asking Jesus a question. Who is really the greatest in heaven, they said. I can just imagine that they're surprised when Jesus calls a little child to himself. And as this little child stands among them, Jesus tells them they are to repent and to become like little children. They are to change 
become full of love, trust, humility, and forgiveness. Jesus concludes this statement with some powerful words. If you can't do these things, you'll never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said become like little child, become like a little child. Notice he didn't say act like a little child. So if we are to become like a child, we need to better understand a child's brain and how it works. I asked a fellow here in the refuge that once was a, worked as a school teacher how he would best in the simplest way possible describe a child's brain. He used the word neuroplasticity. Immediately I was like, oh great. This should take about two days for him to explain to me. Did he not hear me say in the simplest way possible describe a child's brain? The words that came out of his mouth next were not what I expected, but exactly how I could understand. Neuro means brain, and plasticity means the ability to be molded or to take shape. So we need to allow our brains to be molded through scripture and through other godly men, and also in the revelation of God in our lives. God does not call us to act like little children, by the way, but to live, love, and learn like children. Just the other day, I talked to my son, whom I haven't talked to in around about five months. I was nervous and fell full of shame because I felt like I had failed him. I explained to him where I was. He immediately asked this, Daddy, do you have friends there? For the first time in a long time, I could answer yes. Yes, son, I have friends here. See, Marcus, as my son, he only had one concern, was for his dad. His concern was that his dad was okay. He had no malice. He had no uh, anger toward me. He simply wanted to know if I was okay and that I was cared for. We look at the scripture and how Jesus says become like little children. I challenge you to become like children in the way that you think, the way that you talk, the way that you care for others. But I also challenge you to remember to act like men. And just want to uh, close today in prayer. Dear Lord, right now, I just thank you for every man that's listening, Lord. We thank you for all the men here that are just uh, being good disciples for you, Lord, that uh, following in your uh, light, Lord, that uh, we be, follow a better path, Lord. Lord, right now, I just ask that you remind us to hold one another accountable at all times and all things, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you help to mold our minds, Lord. Help to mold our minds to love, trust, be humble, be kind, be as if we were just like children. Amen. Y'all have a good day.